Jurassic Park for a minute. We'll be discussing the second Jurassic Park sequel one minute at a time. I'm Brad. I'm Dave. And on this episode, we're going to be discussing minute 17 of Jurassic Park 3. David, ready to finish out the week? Sure. All right. As we enter on minute 16 of Jurassic Park 3, Alan told Billy that he had no intention on being alone with these people, and that's why he invited Billy along. Alan then reclined his chair, put on his hat, and tried to get some sleep. As we open on minute 17, Billy turns to address Cooper, sitting at the very back of the plane, and asks him, so how do you know the Kirby's? Cooper replies, after a pause, through our church. At the 12 second mark, we cut outside the plane, as it slowly disappears into the clouds, and some whimsical music begins to play. We cut inside, as Alan still sleeps, and the sound of the plane's engines spluttering in the background as he suddenly wakes up. He looks forward and notices the cockpit's empty, and we can start to hear a raptor purr. At the 29 second mark, he turns to where Billy was seated, and sees a raptor looking directly at him. Alan reels back in fright as the raptor calls his name. Alan. At the 32 second mark, Alan's woken by Billy, and he replies, Alan, once again and Grant wakes, surprised, and breathing heavily. He looks across to see Billy still seated beside him, and Billy says, wake up, we're almost there. At the 42 second mark, we cut back outside the aeroplane, as it banks to the right, then to the left, and Isla Sauna can be seen through the clouds. At the 50 second mark, we cut back into the cockpit, as Udesky and Nash hear a call coming over the radio, telling the plane that they are in restricted airspace and must change direction immediately. And as the minute ends, Udesky shakes his head to Nash and reaches forward and turns off the radio as the two men begin their preparations and descend to the island. As we open on minute 17, we get a quick shot of Nash up the front with Udesky piloting the plane, and we can see down the plane's length. Cooper's seated at the rear of the plane by himself, and Billy looks around in his chair to um, address him and says, so how long do you know the Kirby's? Which we discussed very early on where um, the Kirby's, where Paul specifically come on scene and it, um, it appeared Billy knew knew them a lot more than what he was leading to believe. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it did. And this, this really kind of felt like it added to that feeling in just the fact that he kind of turns uh, around to Cooper here and he says, well, how do you know these guys? I've known them for years, you know? Mm. It doesn't say as much, but it kind of feels implied, you know? Also saying the Kirby's over Mr. and Mrs. Kirby. Like, if they're rich and wealthy, you'd think Mr. and Mrs. Kirby would be more more how you'd address them, but the Kirby's mm. is if it was a family. Yeah. Um, we don't know at this stage about Eric, apart from what we've seen in the opening, so... Um, at this point, we only know him as Mr. and Mrs. Kirby, but then it might be just it might be just an issue to have with the script <laughs> when they're throwing it all together. Yeah. Um, but uh, Cooper sits there, pauses for a moment, then replies, uh, "Through our church," <laughs> and um, he's sitting there with his black glasses on, slick black hair, sort of looking a lot Malcolm Malcolmish. <laughs> Seems to be dressed up a bit too much to be going to an island, but yeah. He gets uh, changed later. We cut outside the plane as it flies into a large cloud and disappears from view and some ominous, whimsical music begins to uh, play 
and for a start it almost looks like a, a re or going back to the start of the film where we're going to go into this mist or into this fog or cloud and uh, something's going to happen something bad <laughs> and something bad does happen because uh, we open inside the plane and Grant wakes from asleep and notices that no one's flying the plane and in the background you can sort of hear the engines cough and splutter as if they're cutting out um, he turns to where Billy was seated hearing a very familiar sound as a raptor purrs next to him and turns and sees the raptor looking directly at him yeah. both its claws on the uh, clawed hands on the seat back in front of it and uh, looking really weird just sitting there <laughs> and uh, it calls his name Alan <laughs> <laughs> yeah this is one of the kind of the mistake one of the mistakes of the movie if only because and it's even acknowledged clearly as a mistake in the um, commentary where Stan Weston says that he realized too late that they had the they had Alan looking at a Jurassic Park three raptor when he wouldn't have been able to recognize these. Mm. He only knew the ones from the first two, and so they had ILM kind of gray it out a bit in the um, after in the post production. But it really doesn't work. It just looks like a kind of a gray looking Jurassic Park three male raptor. Mm. It really, I think they really could have tried more to have done something with it to make it look like they didn't just kind of um, use the Jurassic Park 3 Raptor, obviously, you know? Yeah, I think the quills on the head are definitely the big one that stand out. Um, oh, yeah, and the, the last ridges of snout, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you can clearly see they're like, they've, you can see it's a lot darker, but you've still got sort of where the colour lines would be and all that sort of detail that's in these new Raptors but was never in the original Jurassic Park ones. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's, it's apart from the Tyrannosaur and Spinosaur fight that we will get to, this is probably one of the other big big issues that people have with this film. And The the scene itself I don't mind, especially with um, Grant's PSD and all that that's been hinted at, um, and all his, um, all his fears about birds being able to vocalise, birds being the... Uh, the evolution of dinosaurs. Uh, we mm. even had at the start of the film where he's trying to talk to the parrot Jack. And he's trying to say his name, and then here the dinosaur, the raptor, says his name. Yeah, yep. So there's meant to be a link there. It's just... It's one of... I mean, it's... Again, it's one of the better thought out, but less well-executed parts of the movie. Mm. Yeah, yeah, that's it. The, the only... The biggest issue I have here is the fact that it's a... <laughs> It's a new new design raptor. Yeah. Um, but uh, Grant pulls back in fear, and uh, we suddenly cut to him sleeping as he wakes up, and Billy's hands on him, and he says one more time, "Alan," and uh, he wakes up, and um, Billy says, "Wake up, we're almost there." Alan sort of looks around, and catches his breath, and you can you can see it definitely rattled him, and um, smiles as he realizes it was a dream, and looks out his window as the uh, plane sort of banks right and left and starts to drop down on the approach to sauna we can see the green lush island through the clouds and um inside the cockpit a voice comes over the radio national desk sort of leaning in and listen to it through their headsets unidentified aircraft approaching this sauna this is san juan approach you are flying in restricted airspace immediately turn to the coordinates two zero zero i repeat direct to and then Udesky sort of shakes his head and 
turns the radio off, cutting off the uh, the transmission. And that's um, that's where the minute ends. But it's sort of interesting there that there's some sort of tower or airport that's monitoring aircraft in the area. Um, what well, I think it might have been because we saw a plane that um, was being viewed through the binoculars at the beginning of the movie. I think that it may have been the plane that spotted him, but were too far away to intercept, and so they radioed the mainland to, mm-hmm. like, to uh, you know, have them intercept instead. Yep. Yep. Yeah, because I haven't, I didn't Google, so I'm, I'm assuming San Juan's a, a city or town in Costa Rica on the coast there somewhere. Yeah. Yeah, because if it was if it was anything else, you'd think okay, maybe it's a um control control deck on a offshore ship or something but it's definitely a, a, like a spanish name yeah um, getting into the uh script and novel comparisons in the script cooper answers billy by saying he met the kirby's at through their church and uh billy asks what religion and cooper replies with um the one that worships god and believes in being good <laughs> which is a bit more of a smart ass answer than what he already gives yeah um, um, in the dream, dream sequence, um, it's in the script, but as the raptor says, Alan, it moves to attack him, and that's when Grant wakes in, fl- in fright. So mm-hmm. it might have just been the fact that here they haven't got a lot of room to move to make yeah, this animatronic lunge. Well, yeah, that's what I'm thinking too. They just they have it kind of propped up in the seat here without any kind of um, like I doubt they even have the tail or anything on there, you know. So I'd it's love... really just. What's that? Oh, I'd, I'd I'd love to see the behind the scenes of it in that plane. Just mm-hmm. how much of it? Because sure, I don't even think it'd be the torso. It'd be just the head, the head looking at Grant on something, mm-hmm. and then the the hands like they have the uh, the puppet hands that they can just sit on the the seat in front. Mm-hmm. You, you know what tiny aircraft are like. <laughs> Alan's not even comfortable in there. There's no way a, a Raptor's going to be able to get into a seat. No. Especially the full-size animatronic, anyway. As the um, as the plane drops lower to the island, everyone's looking out the windows and they can see the green island emerging through the clouds, um, which is sort of hinted at here, where we see the plane bank and start to drop down towards the ocean on its uh, final approach. But in the um, in the novel, the raptor dreams cut out completely. Grant falls asleep, and three hours later, is woken by a jolt, and he looks out the window to see the island appear, start to appear through the clouds. So they um. They sort of, the best. He rectified that issue there by just not having it at all. <laughs> well, especially with the um, with the novel, they there's a lot of time where you get a bit of internal monologue or something just to fill out, uh, fill out the script a bit to make it like fill out the page of a novel, and you'd think cutting things wouldn't be as much of a uh, good idea where they want all that content in there, but no, they cut it out of the uh, out of the mm-hmm. novel completely. That's minute 17 for the week. David, anything else you want to discuss before we get heavy for the week? No, for this minute. All right. If you want to get a hold of us, you can email us at lostworldminute.com. The main website is drasticminutes.wordpress.com and you can find the Lost World Minutes and Drastic Minutes over on Facebook with the uh, pages there. David, where are you on Twitter and Instagram? Uh, Twitter, we are at Jurassic Minute. Uh, Instagram is the Jurassic Minutes Podcast. Some of the worst things imaginable have been done with the best intentions. This is how you make dinosaurs? Well, this is how you play 
If we split up, I'm going with you guys. Dinosaurs lived 65 million years ago. What is left of them is fossilized in the rocks. And it is in the rock that real scientists make real discoveries. Now what John Hammond and InGen did at Jurassic Park is create genetically engineered theme park monsters. Nothing more and nothing less. Uh, are you saying that you wouldn't want to get onto Isla Sorna and study them if you had the chance? No force on Earth or Heaven get me on that island. You're Desky. Hello? Charlie! Charlie! Hello? Charlie, take the phone to mommy now! Take the phone to mommy! It's the, it's the dinosaur man! Okay.